Learn what you feel. Learn it and say it and say it to each other. Say it to everybody that you feel comfortable with. And when necessary, say it to the masculine. Prophecies have foretold and wisdom keepers all know that the rise of the feminine will restore balance to our world. In this podcast, we are on a journey to understand the root of the imbalance that has caused disconnection and dysfunction within our humanity so we can emerge as leaders, creating a new story on Earth. I'm Lauren Walsh. And I'm Shayna Connors. With humble hearts and open minds, we will converse with spiritual teachers, historians, psychologists, revolutionaries, leaders, and healers to navigate these evolving times and reintegrate the feminine history that we have forgotten. Welcome to the Time of the Feminine podcast. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of the Time of the Feminine podcast. I am here today with somebody who's very special to me. He's my cousin by marriage, Christian Current. He's married to my cousin, Susan, and he's a dear friend, a dear brother, and someone who I look to as a mentor and as someone who can hold space for myself and for so many people. Christian Current is a somatic-based trauma resolution specialist and primarily employs biodynamic cranial sacral therapy as well as polarity therapy, which gives him a roadmap on how to approach what presents in his clients. Christian is an anchor in our community. He is very generous and kind with his time. He supports so many. And we have a nickname for him. We call him the wizard, which I'm sure is going to embarrass him. But without further ado, here is my cuz, Christian Current. Hi, Lauren. Thank you so much. Yeah, that does embarrass me, but I appreciate that you say it. Thanks so much for having me on. I really enjoy getting to chat with you. And I think this topic is awesome. So thanks for inviting me to, to come on and chat with you. It was a duh moment for Shana and I, who I know wishes she could be here. We want to have men on this podcast to talk about the times we're living in, the times of the feminine and what it's like for men specifically right now. And so we knew that you would be a great person to talk all things, men, women, polarity. You're such an amazing channel for that and just a great human. But I'd like to start before we dive into all that juicy stuff. I want to talk a little bit about how you got to where you are doing the work that you do. And specifically, I want to go into your graduate work and your religious studies. Can we talk a little bit about what pulled you towards all of that deep work? Yeah, thanks. Well, although I do professional therapy work now, my early life, I was just really interested in exploring consciousness. I was interested in how consciousness presents on the planet. And it really drew me into religious studies first. So I did an undergraduate degree in religious studies, and then I did a master's degree in religious studies. And I started really understanding that for me, the places in the world where the conversations were more about how we're relating as people and what forces are at play in a human being seemed to be more East for me than West in general. And I dive then further into like Indian studies, Sanskrit and Eastern religion. And so I went and uh, pursued a PhD in Sanskrit and South Asian cultures and languages, where I researched Indian healing systems, Indian religious history, Tantra and yoga, and related systems around the world. I also deeply dove into uh, indigenous religions as well and traditions, because there's so much of a relationship there, particularly considering the masculine feminine presentations that are 
really fundamental in these kinds of societies. And I see how that plays out even now in modern society, but we have lost touch really with how that developed in us and the role it plays. And so we're constantly depolarizing or overemphasizing or underemphasizing, you know, what could be a really beautiful balance and dance. And so that's why I studied that for a long time. And I noticed that I was much more interested working with people and, you know, having boots on the ground than being theoretical. So I started working with people more and groups more and eventually, you know, left academia and started a full-time practice, which I've been doing now for about a decade or so. And it's been really enjoyable, actually. So moving from the theoretical into the body, into the energetic system and into the heart, can you talk about that and, you know, how that shift has been from studying the polarity of masculine and feminine, studying how that presents in societies, studying and your shamanic practices as well. Like how did that aid into that shift? Oh yeah. Well, you know, I've talked with you about this a lot, like head centered versus heart centered, right? And you know, the generally speaking in polarity therapy, we talk about how the masculine is higher up in the body and the feminine is a bit lower in the body. So closer to earth is more feminine, closer to sky is more masculine. And so this heady theoretical space is very neat for categorizing and for discovering and for kind of landing on boundaries. And it's really neat for that. So you can have a map, you can have like a rubric for how to understand how things go and models to play against, which I like in my mind. But as a felt sense, in a way that I transform, in the way that I actually grow and exp- express who I am, being lower in the body has always been more beneficial. And I think that's true for everyone. <laughs> it's true for me. It's true for you. Yeah. I would struggle to find someone uh, for whom that isn't true. And so for me, the practical aspect, and especially like the shamanic aspect, the mind can lie to ourselves and to other people, right? It can be confused. It can be stuck. It can overemphasize. It can underemphasize. But the heart cannot. The body can't lie. It's not possible for the body to lie. Matter of Mm -hmm. fact, the body, the more we're attuned to it, the more we see that it expresses actually who we are and how we're responding to our environment, our relationships. And so the shamanic training particularly, and the experiences, shamanic experiences, especially over the last 12 or 13 years, have really given me a more nuanced sense of how the energies play out in the body and in our relationships in our world. It's really not possible, in my opinion, to have practical, useful knowledge that isn't embodied. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're projecting ideas onto the, onto the world and onto each other. So it has to come from the inside out. And it's really good to train the mind, too, to be able to explain that to ourselves and to be able to communicate that to each other. That gives us a sense of what to do about it, right? That's why that masculine intellectual aspect is really helpful. And when we've had a kind of an overbearing masculine intellectual outlook on ourselves for, you know, quite some time, it's nice to drop down lower into the body and with each other at this time. You know, it's a good titration here from that kind of overarching kind of tyrannical model, really, when we have too much of that yang, you know, into Mm -hmm. more of a body-centered, communal-centered reality. And for me, it feels better. Um, I think for everybody, it feels better, you know. So I really enjoyed and have been enjoying tearing myself apart and putting myself back together over and over again. (laughs) Tis the season. Yeah. My next question is around the season, the time we're living in. You know, this podcast is called The Time of the Feminine and we're exploring the forgotten feminine history, elements of what the feminine is and how vital the feminine essence is as an intelligence, as an energy, as a force to balance our world for us to be embodied and healthy in union with one another. And so my question for you is, as a man 
in this time we're living in? What do you see as really important? Well, for one, men have inherited this time as much as women have. The ideas that it look like, the conversations I hear a lot these days are about how the responsibility is on the women to rise and to express themselves, right? And to be heard. But even to be heard is passive, right? So there is an active sense for the men to do, for me as a man to do, and that is to give attention, you know, to give attention, not to mm-hmm. project my attention or my will or my interest. And not just for me, but for the masculine in general. And the reason why I say that is because the masculine itself is very myopic and solution oriented. It's in its highest. It wants to be seen. It wants to be reflected. It wants to see itself reflected so it knows its value, right? And that's why when it doesn't feel itself reflected in a way that it likes, it either gets a lot louder or it, you know, falls off a cliff. That's why we have basically the tyrant or the wimp that we've come out with. And the tyrant and the wimp are very similar, (laughs) Mm. you know? When the masculine doesn't feel, doesn't recognize its reflection in the world. And I think that that's why there's been such a projection of masculinity for so long, because that's not been in balance for so long. So right now with feminine rising, it's not a woman's problem. It's also, it's a humanity's problem or challenge. It's a challenge. But for the men, the challenge is especially to know and recognize their value too. And the only way to do that also is inclusive, is to understand the value of the feminine and what it brings, what it does, what its role is. Without understanding that, then any movement for the feminine to express itself will be met with some resistance or some mm-hmm. skepticism or at worst, will be put down because it's like, wait, they're trying to take our role. We're in the power position of power or whatever, you know. So for men at this time, it's really important to pay attention, you know. The feminine in general, and this isn't just women, right? I'm talking about the principles of masculine and feminine. And male humans embody more of the masculine than female humans, but there are many in between, and we each share in both. So I don't mean that just men, but since we happen, as a man, we happen to embody more of that yang energy and perspective. What we need to do is recognize that the feminine is very good at big picture, holding space, holding the empty fullness. You know, it sounds like paradoxical, right? But that empty fullness, like politically speaking, um, the power in a democracy, for instance, rests with the yin. Because the leaders are only in power at the behest of all of those whom ostensibly they serve, right? So anyone who's not a leader is in a yin position to the leader or leadership because we support, we acknowledge, we allow, we validate. And so in this society right now, the yin has to be empowered, but the masculine, the yang, has to recognize that it cannot take care of everything. Matter of fact, it can't take care of much except what's in its wheelhouse. What we need as men from the feminine is that reflection, you know, that we're looking for, Mm -hmm. you know, we really need that reflection. So it'd be a request of the feminine to use the voice, you know, but the men also have to actually do what they happen to be responsible for. Men are very good or should be very good at taking action. They're also, they're not so good at top down, like a meta, you know, they're not very good at looking at big picture in general. The masculine isn't, you know, if you think (laughs) there's a thing that we were talking about before, If you think down to the biology of it, you know, the most young cell in humanity is the sperm cell and it has a single goal and it's rushing to get there. (laughs) Welcome to the Western world. (laughs) Both supporting and competing with all of its 300 million brethren, you know, (laughs) 
So it's like, it's assisting them, as, but basically like, wait, did you get the right way? Did you get, I don't know, I'm going to follow your way, but I'm going to charge through once I see you got it, you know? And so what's really good about the masculine is once it's given a task, it wants to see it through. It doesn't get stuck or start looking at the big picture in certain ways. It says, no, we're going to do that until we, it's loud enough to do something different. And that's why I mean, pay attention. The masculine is not so great at seeing when it's good to change direction, you know, or do something right. different. You know? Right. And that's where the female, the feminine, the yin is like, hey, this doesn't feel right. We're forgetting these people. We're forgetting this. Like, let's feel this together. Take a moment and breathe and feel this. And through feeling, let's redirect course. Absolutely. And it's necessary because, you know, it's funny because there's a cooperative aspect. I mean, I'm just going to use this example for a moment, but it's cooperative between the egg and the sperm. She is attracting 300 million sperm, right? and her fullness. And she's the biggest cell in the human body. You know, these are very unique, huge and empty at the same time, still huge and attractive and still in her fullness there. You know, oh, it sounds so good. I don't want to keep rushing like I'm a sperm. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I want to be an egg. <laughs> <laughs> well, largely you are, my dear. Good for you. <laughs> but you're both. And so am I, you know, like we have them both. We both came from eggs, you know, we cannot escape it and we shouldn't want to. It's really good to have these limitations so that all of our thoughts and actions and words, they all have meaning. It's good that we're limited that way. It's helpful. Gosh, really help. That's what's helpful for the yin too, actually, by the way. The yin, because she is so full and feeling, really can use a maypole or a garden or somewhere to function, somewhere to orient all that loveliness, all that juiciness, you know, where to dance with whom to dance, who to relate with. The masculine in its space, you know, is very, very good at providing a center, providing a, a directive, um, I wouldn't say target, although that's true too, but more like the lattice work where the vines can grow uh, or the maypole to dance around, the axis. This is the other point then. If the masculine can remain calm and firm, you know, recognize its duty, but also the joy of it, of being present for the feminine and holding that space, occupying that space and good presence with firmness that actually calms the yin as well you recognize that the yin can calm and lean in to the stable secure firm masculine so men really have some work to do for themselves honestly um to to feel their own potency and to stay present no matter what it's not about being perfect and it's not about knowing what to do who who knows what to do most of the time you know we follow our inclinations, but we don't really always know what to do. But the only way to discover that and the only way to allow ourselves to flourish and blossom that way is for you know, the masculine side anyway, and feminine too, on the masculine side, is to stay present and to be attentive. That's what we can be good at. Be attentive. And then if you're comfortable enough, if you are secure, if you recognize that this is in transition, things are moving and transforming, but you're okay, then you can be in that firmness. You can say, I'm here. What are we doing? And you're available because you're not worried about yourself personally. You know, it's hard in the masculine to not be worried about self because it's constantly looking for reflection and for a goal. It's looking for something. And so the masculine can do very, very well right now to slow down, to take note, pay attention and stay present. That's the firmness. Staying present is the firmness. Mm -hmm. Stepping out of the relationship or pushing the relationship is not present. That's active space. And neither one right. of those gives a, a calm and insecure polarity. Thank you. That was really beautiful. And I 
I'm thinking about my own yang energy, my own inner masculine, and I'm thinking about my own internalized patriarchal belief systems and thinking about that in women in general and how in the feminine rising movement, learning to find our voice and what feminine power is without much modeling. We have in many ways modeled men and embodied more yang to be heard and yang to get our point across. Yeah. And so I'm thinking about that and how hard that's been for so many men to receive, though I don't think we could have done it any other way because we're learning. We're learning what the power of yin, what the power of feminine is. And so I wanted to ask you about that and just for the women listening, how we can really use our voices and use our inherent feminine essence and power to to teach, to heal, to inspire a new relationship with men. Mm, well, that is a, a beautiful intention. And, I, and I'm really glad, but for one thing, I'm really glad that's what you yourself are orienting to right now in such a beautiful way. And then this podcast too, as an example of that. One if we come back to the basics of the yin and yang relationship, the yin can reflect yang. It doesn't have to become yang to be heard. It can reflect it. And her power is in how clearly she reflects. And not just reflects yang. She's not getting all of her power from yang or something. It's not, and she doesn't have her value just in response to how much yang she can reflect or something. I don't mean that. I mean her presence is the power. You know, the presence is the power. So if we think about it this way, I said egg before, but let's just get into more of the feminine. What is the feminine in general? You know, it is big picture oriented. It does feel the space. It does recognize through sensation primarily, you know, what is a value and what is collaborative? What is growing? How can we blossom? You know, how do we grow things? How do we make things even more, more better in this vitality? And she can do that. That she can do just by expressing what is alive for her. You know, what is alive for her? Express that honestly. And actually, to be really, really blunt and from right here, it's like, say what you feel. Express it. Learn what you feel. Learn it and say it and say it to each other. Say it to everybody that you feel comfortable with. And when necessary, say it to the masculine, whether that be in another woman. Like you said, the young can present in the women, right? Say how you feel. Say what this makes you feel like. You know, say what your body is doing, what feels is coming up for you. Where is it directing you? Where is it guiding you? Because that's honest and that's real. Now, the interpretations of that, that's where we can start to get confused. But the reality, the truth is what you feel. And as you share that, the, the challenge of sharing that is you can face loneliness, mm -hmm. right? As soon as you express what's authentic for yourself, it's no longer hidden in you and you're exposed. And so whatever, whoever receives it, whatever their polarity is to that, can choose to not relate with it or can choose to judge it in some way or qualify it in some way. So it faces loneliness, but the only way to connect to that power and to let that be not only a mollifying effect to the overabundant yang, but also a collaborative one to nourish yang, the only way to do that is to state clear statements of feelings without blame or demand for immediate solution. The reason I say that, why that's powerful, that's the powerful thing. Right now in a charged environment, when we blame or demand like an immediate solution, Yang is going to go into its soldier mode, you know? So his, shall we say, challenge is to be present and attentive without moving too quickly or making decision or taking action. You know, his danger then 
is stomping on somebody <laughs> or stomping on something. The danger in the yang is basically to face criticism and to be limited, right? So we're talking about the feminine to the yang. To be limited feels really real for me. I can feel that in my own like out of balance yang energy. Yeah. I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid of this feeling of being trapped. Yeah. Well, that's an inherited in some way, either locally or ancestrally. That's mm -hmm. an inherited yang bind, you know. Mm -hmm. Men have this too. This is what I find. And I'll talk about that in a second because I really want to get more to the heart of your question about what men are facing right now without knowing many of them. But for the women in her power, like obviously women have had to in the last 50 years, especially always, but the last 50 years, they've been asserting a certain power, but it's been looking like yang. They've right. mirrored the yang and put it on like a coat in order to be respected by the yang. Right. You know? I want to thank those women because, oh my God, that's also a sacrifice too. Yeah. So thank you to those women, those pioneers. That's amazing. You know, and, and it's good on the one hand because women are not all yen and men are not all yang, right? Like the position of CEO is yang, you know, <laughs> uh, the position of professor generally is yang, for instance, these kinds of things, director, blah, blah, blah. So anything in a leadership position is yang position. And so yang will yang there, whether it's masculine or not, you know, that's, that's a second, that's a step down from yang. Oh, the yang will yang. It will just go yang. Yang will yang, the yin will yin. It goes round and round till we begin again. <laughs> so the yin though, in this, where the yin is important, where, where actually women can be amazing leaders too, is the recognition of the balance of the whole, where they get a better sense of that than men. Men are looking towards the goal, women are looking towards the whole. Right. right? So this power you asked about, how do we, we as women, we as women, we girls, uh, how do we embody the power of the yin? That's an owning that, Oh, there is a potency, not only a potency, a preeminent potency in the wholeness. So we're looking for that, expressing the wholeness, whatever that is. And that is where it generates the, the changes because yang will continue to do whatever it's doing, stay on its path until or unless the yin shares itself and that becomes attractive or disruptive, you know, to the masculine, to the yang. That's the power. That's the main power of the yin. Yeah. And, you know, because we both have yang. Like, what is yang? It's getting up in the morning. It's starting a podcast. You know, it's doing these <laughs> things. It's the action. It's the taking action and doing that. So the yin power is actually improving on that. It's not necessarily meant to, but it's meant to like bring the fulfillment of that. You know, to grant it its full space. I want to go back to that fear that the yin has to express the truth mm. in the fear of what you said, facing loneliness. I also feel that deeply in me. I feel there's so much, I mean, just holding space and talking to thousands of women for a career, I, I know this to be true, is this like inherent, very young feminine wound or yin wound. It's like, I'm too much. My emotions, they, they cause disruption. Mm. Or you know what I mean? If I express this truth, I'll be abandoned. I'll, I'll, somebody won't like me. So there's this people pleaser feminine mentality to put on a smile to even deny our scarier truths and the way i haven't even internalized it was such a sneaky little trick my mind did was when i you know started really becoming conscious i would deny my feelings like rage and anger because i felt those were something that was like an inside job like i needed to just like figure out how to not be angry or rageful and change myself at any cost because that meant there was something wrong with me that I felt rage and anger 
when really I'm learning now as I mature that my rage, my anger, the sadness I feel, there's something very true in it. And you're right, like you said, the interpretations, the stories, that those can be dangerous, but there's something that my body is telling me I need to speak or to do or to say with respect, with grace. And I'm learning that graceful part. But yeah, this fear of rejection and loneliness and not belonging and not being safe, I think is a very deep, also ancestral yin wound that's very collective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much. And thank you for sharing that. That's very true. You know, in a lot of my clients, my own fields, through my own uh, communities too, encounter this often because it is inherited. You know, for one, we all drop into this body and into this culture at this time we just drop into this and start to orient and it is bloody overwhelming generally speaking you know so for those persons who take up a how should you say a readily available belief system or cultural mores that give us a roadmap right away and just stick to them it feels safer but it doesn't feel fulfilling right because it's like, yeah, I'm taking this, but I just adopted it. It doesn't mean it's mine. I adopted it and, I've, and it's what helped me get to where I am and, you know, whatever that is in relationship or in career, you know, or just in feeling of safety, blah, 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 or some certain kind of like um, provisional security. But when it comes to this feeling of like, if I express myself, one, how do I express myself? But if I express myself, then I'm going to be too much. Yeah, for that system, you will, <laughs> you know, like that's a real fear. That is real. That is real for this paradigm. It's, it's too much at times. Yeah. It's real because like we have not encoded for ourselves in this modern culture, modern, let's just say Euro-American, but it's really a global culture at this point in, in, this, in this regard. We've not cultivated this space for these expressions, sometimes eruptions, but no, the expressions of the feminine, what she is tuning to you know, what mm-hmm. she is feeling, and then to receive those. So the, the masculine part, its job for the feminine, for when, it, when it encounters yin, is to shut up, don't defend, you know, stay neutral, hear truth, listen actively, learn, and adjust. Learn and adjust is the, well, all of that is slow for us right now. So, right. And we like fast in this culture. Well, that's the young part. It's like, let's get it done. Let's go, go, go. And so when things emerge, they emerge in according to their own authentic timing, the organic timing and the organic expression like uh, and progression, you know? So we haven't cultivated this sense of like, it's going to be all right. The young can be firm and present here for that. You know, that's something that we all can do. Let's just be present and see how it goes. Like, and give it boundaries, right? That's one of the things the young can do. Give it boundaries. Say, I have 30 minutes right now. I have five minutes. I have an hour, whatever it is. Okay, what is happening? I'm going to be very present for you for this time. And for ourselves too, for the women listening, for yourself, grant yourself some of your yang to allow your yin to flourish in a healthy way. You know, it'll be blameless in that way. Say, you know what? I need this time right now to really listen to what's emerging for me. And then offer the orient to allowing a clear statement of feeling to arise. It might just be a sound, you know, or it might be a phrase, it could come to a sentence. If it comes to a paragraph, we're starting to get further from the truth, right? Or further from the core of the truth. Yeah. If it gets to be a whole story, you've lost some of the truth. And that's where it can be overwhelming for those around us, even for ourselves. That's where it's overwhelming. So let it stay simple, not simple, because it's not simple, but let it stay pure. Pure. There you go. Yeah. And then this is helpful. This is a helpful part. When you allow it to come through, support the positive. 
when there's a positive thing that emerges within that, oh, I see that I've had this wound or I feel this thing or I don't feel, I'm afraid of blah, blah, blah. Okay, but who am I that, what is emerging with this? Because it's never in isolation. What is part of this that I can support, that I can nourish, that I can practice with or enact and make a part of my day-to-day or my thinking, you know? That's the young helper right there to be like. That's the young helper. Right, so that we don't stay in this victim consciousness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're all victimized by it. Obviously, those who bear the brunt are those who are in the yin position. They bear the brunt. However, the yang is isolated, very isolated, when the yang is in the tyrannical position. And also, the yin within men is is isolated. It's, it's oh, yeah. too much to be expressed. Yeah. How many men, you ask them how they're feeling, fine. They have one word yeah. or two words. But they don't even freaking know. They know they know if they feel okay or not okay most of the time. And that's not a blame on the men just because we haven't like yeah. well vocabulary. But then I was going to talk about this earlier. Yeah, like men right now in their part in inheriting what we've been calling patriarchy, right? Is that their value is in what power they can wield, right? Financial power or communal power, something like this, or even relational power. So in a one-on-one relationship, for instance, we make it simple. If a man doesn't feel like he has potency in that relationship, he'll shut off. And there's the other bind for them, for the masculine. If it shuts off, then it starts to believe it doesn't have value. And then that's, then it wants to do things. So it's going to put all that potency into things that are distracting or addicting or blah, 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 you know, and that's not helpful. Or the other end, it will go hyper young. It'll get louder in order to see, feel itself, its own value, right? Mm. But men don't know this is going on. And the women too, who've inherited this aspect of the young do the same. Mm. The only difference is they have a more sensitivity to the emotional field and the energy field, generally speaking, not all of them, but generally speaking. And so that's kind of like that lit on fire. So it's even more. <laughs> <laughs> I have been a crazy, crazy expression of young trying to feel its potency at different times, for sure. I've become tyrannical at different moments in my life, for sure. I know. Uh, yeah. Well, hopefully we all have. And the right yeah. reason why I say hopefully we all have is because we all need an, a visceral experience of what uh, maybe we don't want to do. Otherwise, we find ourselves in a place without uh, tools and we're like, uh-oh, I got out on the limb. What do I do now? <laughs> so I want to go back to the part you were talking about when you were speaking to women, when we go in and we feel what's real for us, mm. and then that part of our yang that supports the positive. I want to just kind of actually just go more in detail about how we do that. I feel that's really important. For this, I'm going to go like real kind of more somatic first and then into more of a, a full, a balance. So not just coming from yin, because it's good to come with balance in this way. It's called through a titration, right? Titration means going from an attention on one region or one topic or one space to another and then back again. So it's like a pendulation in order to understand what we're working with. It gives us context and it also allows an unfolding of more balanced relationship when we kind of titrate. So, excuse me. So when we encounter in ourselves a sensation or a feeling of truth, you know, and first it's usually something that arises as a feeling in the body that may generate thought or memory or emotion. It may generate those things, but those are not where the origin, you know, those are expressions of it or they're attempts of our own mind to kind of describe it to ourselves. Yeah. So we come to a felt sense of where this is arising. Often it will be a location in the body or a region in the body or around the body. So we feel it. What's its proximity? What is its texture? Does it have a motion? or a repetition? Does it have a color? Is there a temperature or temperature variation? 
Does it feel hard or soft or pointy or nebulous, bubbly? Does it percolate? Does it sink? Is it more in the front of the body, in the back? Is it higher? Is it lower? And we give ourselves time to really get a sense of what this is that's emerging, how it presents physically, energetically, emotionally. And as we do that, what's very helpful is to come to the bottom boundary, the lower boundary of that sensation, because that's usually the origin, the deepest place it got for that particular layer. And when we're there, it'll start to speed up usually, (laughs) because we're getting closer to the potency, to the density of the whatever impact or received belief or whatever that is. And if it's actually a self-generated, heart-generated like fullness from our universal self, then it has less of a location and more of a generating, you know, kind of wave, you know. And from there, we can start to feel into what is the quality? Does it grow? Is it inviting us to do something? Is it taking us to a memory? Hmm. Is it taking us to a dream or projection? Does it make us have a statement? Does it generate a statement of truth? That's what we're looking for. Usually, the statement of truth, the phrase of truth, the word of truth, the sound of truth comes from there. Mm -hmm. And that's how we discover it. And it can be very, very uh, surprising what statements arise, you know, from what might have erstwhile been the density that generates these different, you know, patterns or strains or, you know, whatever, however they present. It can be very surprising. So there, where this is where yen is helpful, we receive what arrives. We receive it, you know, as... So meaning accept it open to it yeah yeah like we were receiving as a weary traveler on the road that came to our door and we're like come on in have a meal you know rest i'm here to listen you know just receive maybe it doesn't want to speak maybe it doesn't need to speak you know but just knowing that you're receiving it allows the potency to come down because it's protectiveness or it's rage you know or it's loneliness or it's confusion it's dissociation you know all of that melts in the presence of our presence of our alert and um, a directed presence we're there we receive it very similar to how the egg receives the sperm she chooses the sperm by the way and she receives the one she wants and this if it's presenting in us you know whatever it is if it's presenting in us then it is ours for now you know no matter where it came from you know no matter where it came from hey it's presenting in your body so right now you know it's like it's in your house i love this orientation i'm just gonna chime in because there's so much of like new age spiritual thought about just like protecting yourself away and like let like just pulling stuff out versus just you know what I mean like trying to like shed or push out or block from versus just like open Mm. open receive get to the truth of it listen to what it needs yeah I understand that perspective of wanting to pull things out or push things away you know because it Mm. feels protective especially from a victim vibration you know, like, oh my God, I don't want to be victimized. I don't want to be told, you know, it's like, keep it away or pull that out. I don't want that grossness in me, you know, blah. you know, and sometimes right. that stuff will come out <laughs> as a result of ingreeding it. You know, it's like, oh, now the, our own potency will say, we don't need that. And it'll, it'll kick it out. Right. Right. But pulling it out, pulling something out or pushing it away. We're occupying a stance to do that. You see what I mean? You have to have firm feet to pull or push. So you have to be, in order to do that, you'd have to be extremely clear about where you're standing. Right. Uh-huh. But when we're involved in, re- in relationship with something like this, we might be pushing and pulling against ourselves because we're standing in it in the middle of it. So not always. But the thing is, like all energies are looking for their completion and balance, their fulfillment, all energies. They're looking for their balance and completion. If we pull something out without letting it complete, it comes back. If we push something away 
that is looking for something in us, we're not granting it the mirror it needs, you know, for its own self-recognition and completion. Generally speaking, sometimes pulling and pushing is necessary, and there's a whole world on that, you know, but generally speaking, having the, I don't use this word very often at all, but I use it more now because I've had a lot of experience in it and I feel more comfortable in saying this, but having the faith that consciousness knows what the hell it's doing. So don't try to occupy the role of consciousness as bigger than your small mind. You're just asking for a lot of work. What do you mean by that? Don't try to occupy the role that consciousness is bigger than your small mind. Like we are consciousness. We are consciousness, but the decision to do a, a thing, pull, push, whatever, a decision to do a thing is from small mind, you know, uh -huh. often inflected by ego. And that's great. We can train that very well. And we do need to train our ego. We have to have a very strong ego in order to orient in the world and make decision and have sense of self. We do need to. And that's always going to be a moon cast shadow to the sun, to the enlivening consciousness that allows us to embody and be here in a consciousness space, you know? So to push or to pull, if we make that decision, it's coming no matter what, when it finally comes down to it, it's coming through that smaller mind. Yeah. But if we invite the consciousness, the alive, radiant consciousness that exists in everyone, and I'm going really woo, but it's true, so whatever. If we allow that to radiate through ourselves and let it self-organize, then it actually grants whatever is in us, incomplete thoughts, fragmented self, other entity or mind spaces that come into our fields, you know, our, our inherited genetic patterns, all of that then will be allowed to orient to its blueprint, to the matrix that makes up a human being and humanity in general. It wants to orient to that balance. So if we give it space and we say, yes, I greet you, what do you need? Instead of saying, get the hell out. That's the yang, what do you need? Well, yes. Or is that still yin? I'm here, what do you need? The choice to be present and, and firm is yang. The actual receiving is the yin. Then the yang is acting on what it needs. And then yang, all that potency drops off. The agitation, the frenetic energy goes away when we actually relate, when we're actually present, and it goes away. And then it has a little more resource to actually address itself and what it needs to change, whatever that might be, uh, or tweak. I'll say tweak because I don't change sounds strong. It's hard. Amplifying the positive. What do you mean in this way? Is the positive the part that we have agency over or we have, what is the positive that we focus on? That's an excellent question. Every action in our body is an attempt or a strategy, you know, towards a homeostasis, towards a balance. Okay. So when we see ourselves or someone else doing something well towards that balance, that's the positive that we want to support. So we say, at the very least, we can be a cheerleader for it. Hey, wow, way to go, self. You just did that thing that we were talking about, that we we're feeling, you know, it's like, oh, wow, you actually gave yourself the food you needed. Oh, wow, you actually said the words you were actually feeling in this moment, you know? Uh-huh. Good job. You're, I appreciate you. Good job, you. Here's a gold star, you know? Buy yourself a latte or something. I don't know. Or whatever, get a massage. Or just the simplest thing is just letting your dopamine push. It's like, whoa, I did it. Because that gives us the, not just the dopamine, but that recognition gives us then that square we just occupied. Oh, we got another square on our map because we did it and now we acknowledge it and we appreciate it. And that appreciation allows it to be kind of like, what does it say? I don't know, infused into the bigger matrix. So now we have more building blocks. Yeah. So support the things that are going well. There are endless things that are not matured yet. So if we perseverate on those things, we grant energy to them and they get bigger. It's hard. Right. Oh, you know? It's true. It's such a, it's such a, I was in a woman's circle the other day with really close sisters. And I was like, 
let's all give ourselves a pat on the back because we suffer really well. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, and so then we did this round of appreciating ourselves. We did it three times. We went around the circle appreciating something about that issue that we were actually like proud of ourselves for moving forward. And it totally shifted the frequency of the circle. Nice. It was, that reminds me. What I love about this particular conversation and then taking it back out to the macro with men and women actually in these times and women speaking their truth to be heard and the masculine responding. What I love about this technique you just taught is how when we give the need attention and we let the story kind of drop away through our just simply receiving it and being with it, then when we express our truth, it doesn't have that agitation or metal almost in the field. And it's almost easier to receive through the heart And I think this is so important, especially when setting boundaries, even with women, like women with women, men with women, it's really important. I think boundaries are so needed and so important, but they can come off so harshly. And I think that's what's taking place all over the world. It's like almost cancel culture that boundaries are so harsh, you know, and it's versus having this like deeper, truthful ability to receive yourself so that you can be received by other. The most efficient way to establish a boundary is to know your own needs and honor them. And then naturally others will respect that because they recognize that's your pace. That's what you're doing, you know, blah, blah, blah. And if they don't, you know, some of us are a little slow. We can state just our need. We don't have to tell another person what to do at all. You know, by the time, like you said, like the cancel culture with boundaries, it happens because by the time usually a boundary is expressed in this culture, you know, there's been a lot of pain behind it. And it's a projection that says, now you need to blah, blah, blah. And someone else is like, well, hell no, I don't want to do what you're telling me to do. (laughs) It's really easy then to get charged. But if we just respect ourselves, that actually makes it easier for the people around us. Easier. And it actually also, the second thing it does is it inspires other people to be who they are and to do what what serves them, not in a selfish way, but because we're all, I mean, we could make it selfish, but here's the thing. Every human being is an emanation of consciousness that is unique and has a gift, many gifts to share and vibrations that are different. And we all benefit from all of them. We all benefit from all of them, you know, ultimately. So we want everyone to be exactly who they are. She or he is. We want that. She, he, or they, whoever they may be. Yeah, and and that's good. Like, if we don't have an attachment, and we shouldn't, we don't have an attachment to how another should be. And that's kind of hard when we have an inherited, like I said earlier, cultural mores and cultural structure here. Mm -hmm. If we value certain structures, that's hard to do. But if we don't have a personal need for someone else to be something for us, we start to appreciate what they are, and then we get to change. We're like, wow, now I can appreciate more, and my life is more enriched because I can appreciate more. So, Christian, for our last question in this moment, If you could be a channel for the great mother to speak through you, what would she have you say to all of us? The purpose of life is the fulfillment of consciousness. So the joy of life is to be you fully. And everyone wants to see you. We want to see you and we want to be seen. So enjoy being who you are. Enjoy sharing who you are. The fear is the only thing that keeps the restrictions present. So they say, the terrors that present are only the great rebellion. Don't rebel against yourself or anyone else. Just be fully who you are, and that makes all the beautiful change. Mm. Wow, I have chills. And so it is. Thank you so much, Christian, for joining us. Thank you. My pleasure. So much fun.
Thank you so much for tuning in to the Time of the Feminine podcast with Christian Michael Current. To learn more about Christian, to book a session with him, go to christianmichaelcurrent.com. And as for Shana and I, we are so grateful to be the stewards of the Global Sisterhood Movement, which is far more than just Shana and I. It is all of us. It is women coming together, sitting in circle, taking off our masks, feeling what's real, and learning to lead in a feminine way. We have all sorts of programs and trainings, as well as free events that you can participate in. Just go to globalsisterhood.org to learn more. And coming up soon at the beginning of the year, we have Quantum Leap, which is a New Year's ritual that we'll be doing in sisterhood for us to shed the pains of 2021 and even 2020 and collectively dream into what we want 2022 to be for ourselves and for our world. So go to globalsisterhood.org slash quantum dash leap to sign up for free and we'll see you there. Until next time.